welcome to the Youth Sports Safety Update produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program or JSMP in Jacksonville, Florida. JSMP is a nonprofit advocacy and prevention program that is dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Joining us today is an accomplished sports nutritionist who will help us in developing a game plan for managing injuries and pain. She serves as a sports nutritionist for the NFL's Jacksonville Jaguars. Please welcome Ms. Mindy Black. Well, Jim, I um, have been a performance dietitian for about 20 years now. I started off at the University of Florida, and I was a team dietitian down there for all 15 of their teams. Um, and then after leaving there, I started my own private practice where I saw anyone from weekend warriors to, you know, high school baseball players to elite athletes, Olympic athletes, PGA tour players. And then um, I started consulting with the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2014. And by 2016, we had created a full time project and I've been here ever since. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the healing process because sports nutrition has uh, come into favor. Uh, it's been around for a long time, obviously, but it's really coming into to its own with the healing process, uh, the soft tissue injuries and that. So what are, you, what are some of your thoughts regarding the in- energy requirements that the body needs following injury? Well, many athletes, once they're injured, they really think that uh, – they need to actually decrease calories, especially those that are weight conscious. They think, oh, I'm not active anymore. I need to significantly decrease my calories. And that's usually not the case. Um, Many times, depending on the type and the severity of the injury, the energy expenditure can actually increase anywhere from 15 to 50% of their needs. So for example, if an athlete has a fracture, their energy expenditure may increase anywhere from 10 to 50%. Whereas if they have, say, a severe infection, they could increase it 30 to 60 percent. Those that are on uh, crutches, that increases how many calories you burn two to three times over just normal walking. So a lot of times either they need to keep the same amount of calories that they were eating previously, even though they are less active, or they may have to increase it slightly as well. Uh, Pain and inflammation is a big issue with that. So what are some of the things we can do in general to to manage pain and inflammation? And then we'll break it down into some specific body parts. So when it comes to pain and inflammation, we have to first remember that the initial inflammation stage is actually really critical for the healing process. So we don't want to uh, intervene that. Um, Immediately after the injury, I always try to just really concentrate on decreasing pro-inflammatory foods. So foods that are high in fat, um, high in vegetable oils, things like that can actually increase inflammation. So we just really encourage taking those out of the diet and replacing those with anti-inflammatory type foods like nuts and seeds and avocados, garlic, pineapple, teas, things like that. And then if the inflammation is prolonged, we can consider supplementing with anti-inflammatory supplements like omega-3s or turmeric or garlic to help decrease that inflammation. Speaking in general, there was an athlete, not one of yours, that, for example, um, sprained his MCL the other day. So are you a part of the uh, post-injury process there where uh, the athletic trainers are doing modalities and other other pain management things there? And then are you brought in pretty immediately uh, to, okay, Joe, this is where we're going to go with the nutrition part of this modality, so to speak, to, uh, to help you there. So tell a little bit about that process. 
Yes. So within 24 hours of an athlete being injured here, I will be brought in with the athletic trainer or the doctor will kind of update me on what's going on. And then I'll sit down with the athlete, see where they are in their headspace. Um, A lot of times with injury, it's not just about the actual injury headspace wise. They might be stressed out about losing their career or or having to take take time off. And that can all affect your hunger and um, what types of food that you actually like. So we kind of evaluate that. And then we go into the what is needed for whatever's going on. So if it's a ACL, MCL type thing, we go into tendons and ligament care nutritionally. If they're about to go into surgery, we go into pre-surgery nutrition and then what to expect coming out of surgery and where, where we can really tackle things afterwards. And then after that surgery, if they do have it, usually I give them a day or two and then we check back in with them and start on that post-surgery nutrition type chat. So let's talk a little bit about muscles uh, that, um, there's a lot of bruising, a lot of soft tissue things. Uh, say somebody has a, a deep thigh bruise in that. What kind of muscle nutrition are you looking to advise them on with that? Well, the biggest part of nutrition therapy when it comes to muscles is to help uh, decrease that muscle protein breakdown. And so that's the first thing we think about is, you know, what exact injury do we have to that muscle if it's a bruise versus something a little bit deeper? Um, It's estimated that we have potential of losing 150 grams of muscle a day if they are absolutely ambulated, meaning they're just sitting around doing nothing. So nutritionally, my biggest goal is to make sure that we have the building blocks available for that muscle protein synthesis to happen, or at least not for that breakdown to happen as big of amounts that it could. So we really preach protein and making sure that they have high quality proteins that contain leucine throughout the day, about two grams per kilogram is what they need in the day. And we break that up throughout the day so they can continue to heal. And then right before bed, I really encourage a casein type protein that comes from like yogurt or milk. Cause that's a slower, uh, breakdown of a, pro- it's a slower releasing protein. So it can help heal throughout the night as well. Okay. And you provide them obviously visuals or, you know, you need a handful of this or a, a cup of this or a cup of that and um, not just go out and get a big steak because you had a muscle. Okay. So we've seen some uh, tendon ligament types injuries, uh, Achilles, uh, quad tendon strains, things like that. Uh, what, What's different about a tendon and a ligament uh, versus, say, a muscle in, in how we're uh, getting the proper nutrition for its uh, regeneration? So with tendons and ligaments, nutrition timing actually becomes much more important because with muscles, you have blood flow coming through all day, every day. And so you can get those nutrients into the muscle at any time of day, whereas tendons and ligaments, you have a lot less blood flow. So we want to time the nutrients that you need for healing to be right before the blood flow happens. So that would be right before exercises. Um, We have seen that the most abundant protein in tendons and ligaments is collagen. And through studies, it shows that if we ingest collagen with vitamin C about an hour before any kind of exercise or rehab, we have significantly improved collagen synthesis. So that's the big difference between the muscles versus the tendons and ligaments is making sure that we get it in before the exercise. So this includes um, strength training too, uh, rehabilitation process, which obviously is a little lighter weights, but for strength training, or are they getting some type of supplementation bef- before strength training these days uh, to, to help with just Absolutely. the overall uh, stamina, nutrition, and, and body healing properties? 
For the tendons and ligaments, absolutely. I suggest all athletes get collagen beforehand as preventative care, not just the aftercare if they have an MCL or anything like that. Um, And then for the actual strength training, we just make sure that they have some kind of nutrients in their body. So if you're someone that strength training at 6 a.m., but you roll out of bed at 4.45 or sorry, 5.45 and you're rolling in with no nutrients in you, then it's very likely the first 15 minutes of that workout, you're going to be using some of your muscle mass for fuel. So we want to make sure that they're having some kind of carbohydrates and proteins in order to have fuel for that workout. And so that can be something as simple as a piece of toast with some peanut butter on it. It doesn't have to be any kind of supplement per se, but they need to have some kind of fuel in them, you know, within that four hours before working out. All right, so I'm going to throw you a curveball, older athlete, play pickleball. We get more bruising and skin injuries, for example, and that bruising uh, cuts and and such. I've heard collagen is very good for that uh, healing or strengthening of the skin. Um, Your thoughts on that as we go through the aging process? Yeah, collagen is absolutely helpful for that. Most of our skin has collagen in it. And as we age, we lose that collagen. Now, there are different types of collagen. So you really want to look at if you're buying a collagen supplement, you want to look at what types are in that supplement, because you have some that are much better for tendons and ligaments and some that are better for skin. And so that's something that you could easily Google and look up and see which brands have which. But um, absolutely, it can help if you take it on a regular basis, plus hydration. All right. Very good. Thank you. Need that. (laughs) All right. So um, let's talk a little bit about bone nutrition, Um, prevention as well as uh, healing uh, following fractures, whether it be a finger or a femur. You know, you're still going to need that good nutrition uh, for for bone repair and that. What are we looking for there? And, And yeah, that one is one that's definitely probably the most studied out of the ones that we've talked about so far, as far as nutritionally with bone, we need the nutrients that help rebuild that bone. So first and foremost, you're going to need your calcium, which standard recommendation is 1500 to 2000 milligrams of calcium a day. You can absolutely get that. If you're having, you know, milk at breakfast, a slice of cheese with lunch and some yogurt later on, you're going to be able to get that 1500 milligrams in pretty easily. But if you're someone that absolutely hates milk products or has other issues, then a calcium supplement of 1500 to 2000 milligrams would be sufficient. You also want to make sure you're getting in enough vitamin D, either through sunlight or through food. It is a little bit harder to get in food. And if you're darker colored skin, you're not going to get as much in sunlight. We do find a lot of athletes are deficient in vitamin D. uh, And that's one that we absolutely need for bone healing. And then I always recommend some vitamin K and magnesium through foods so that you can make sure that you're getting all the nutrients you need to help build those bones as strong as possible. Okay. All right. Last big question here. Um, I'm going in for surgery, for example, um, ligament repair, uh, meniscal trimming or something like that, arthroscopic surgery. What kind of uh, nutritional uh, tips would you have pre-surgical and post-surgical? So pre-surgical, what we want to do is make sure they're not on, um, you know, a multivitamin or any vitamins that have, have uh, a contraindication with blood. Uh, clotting. So we want to make sure they're not taking any of their vitamins uh, pre-surgery. And then I always say, make sure you have a really good meal. They're going to cut you off at some point, but have a really great meal beforehand. So that afterwards, a lot of times, especially with pain medications, 
there are people that are nauseous. So we want to make sure that we have enough calories going into it, that if you do miss a meal or two, that you're okay there. And then we go into making sure they have peppermints or ginger or things like that to help with the nausea and making sure they're taking sips or small meals throughout the day after the surgery so that we can control the nausea a little bit. Um, and then, um, Basically, it's just really depending on the surgery, it depends on what kind of nutrients we want after that. So if they're in general, we're going to be looking at glucosamine probably for a lot of them um, and calcium if it's bone, um, like we just talked about uh, a general multivitamin that has vitamins A and C and zinc and things that help with wound healing is usually really big post-surgery as well. Okay. So you're providing a, a, a roster of 53 and 150 coaches on nutrition and uh, how to get proper rest and things like that. So any uh, concerns you'd like to share or address that could benefit um, uh, parents, athletes, uh, some guardrails uh, for those seeking to, to utilize these principles? What maybe what kind of things to avoid or, or watch out for? You know, because there's so many commercial things that are out there. Today. <laughs> and that's the thing. I think the biggest thing to remember is, um, especially in the supplement world, that there the supplements are out to make money. That, that's the whole purpose. Um, so there are supplements that are absolutely beneficial and there are some that aren't. So if you are not going to go the food first route where we can absolutely get all of these nutrients that I talked about through food. However, um, I do realize that a lot of athletes are very picky. And so you might not be able to get these nutrients through food. If you're going to go the supplement route, really make sure that you're educated on what supplement you're taking and that you're not doing it just because uh, your best friend took it or because someone else told you it was great. Do your research and then make sure it is a third party tested supplement, meaning that someone that is not benefiting or making money from that supplement tested it, made sure whatever's on the label is actually in the bottle and that it's safe. Um, if not, it's kind of the wild, wild west. You could put anything in a bottle and label it something different and stick it on the shelf and you're good to go for quite a while. And exactly in this day and age, they've got to watch out for the things that are products that are banned. Um, the NCAA just came out with some bans on the Celsius or something, yes. nutritional, <laughs> supposed nutritional drink and things yes. like that. Um, and just these uh, drinks that literally drain people as opposed to uh, provide them real energy and that uh, I had a friend just last week he was taking five hour energy drink every day uh, because of the b12 and because of some uh, health issues that he was having and I I found that very interesting uh, I also noticed he didn't stop working all day long he hardly took a break hardly took lunch <laughs> and, and all that but uh, Anyway, so uh, we're at JSMP's Sports Safety Advocacy Program. So what's your message uh, to parents in encouraging their kids to participate in sports and do it with proper nutrition? Um, I think sports is excellent for people of all ages. It's a great way to interact and, um, you know, be active and, and have some great relationships formed along the way. I think uh, absolutely nutrition is a key role, whether you're five or whether you're 55, um, nutrition can always make an athlete better. So great, good athletes can be good just through genetics, but if that good athlete wants to be great, they have to use the nutrition to get there. So, you know, just little things, think of it as a building block or a secret weapon in your back pocket. But if you do the nutrition the right way, it can always improve your athletic ability. All right. Okay, I'll end with one funny story. Um, let's just say we were doing international travel one year, and our we were near the hotel of a certain team. And uh, 10 o'clock at night, they're the big boys out. As much as 
you try and get them good food and things like that. Uh, they were down at the convenience store uh, stocking up at, at 10 o'clock at night. So that still happens, but everything you do when you educate to, uh, to help them out. So that's a great thing. So we hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Youth Sports Safety Update. JSMP is dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Make sure your school or sports team is safely prepared by having a certified licensed athletic trainer present. And I would add, get a good nutritionist too. And please check out our website at jaxsmp.com. Youth Sports Safety is produced by JSMP. Your host and producer today is Jim Mackey. Join us again soon, and please check out our show notes. We'll have some information uh, more about uh, Mindy and and her uh, credentials and some uh, guidelines that we can pass on there, too. So thank you so very much, Mindy, for being with us today, and uh, we hope you have have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you.